0: Welcome to the 146th podcast, and the 116th as a City on a Hill Church. Pastor Michael Clark delivers a powerful message on the right to life for all of us, the born as well as the unborn. A part of this message highlights a moment of historic significance, the appearance of a sitting president of the United States at the Right to Life March in Washington, D.C. on January 24, 2020. Both Pastor Mike's and the President's message will stir within you long after the actual message ends. It will call you to a very important action, to vote, and to vote only for pro-life candidates, regardless of party. Millions of lives, so far over 61 million babies killed in the moon. The Holocaust times 10 depend on it. Here is Pastor Michael Clark.
1: So we're doing something very unusual here uh, this morning. We're, number one, we're showing a video. I don't think we've ever shown a video uh, like this on a Sunday morning that I'm aware of. Um, but you'll see why we're doing this in a minute. And um and, and I'm also going, going to show a video that might, you know, potentially, uh, step on some toes, uh, politically. But I'm not showing this video of President Trump speaking at the March for Life rally in DC. I'm not showing it because he's a Republican or even because he's Trump trying to make America great again. This has nothing to do with politics. This has to do with the, Leader of our country, the leader of the free world, standing up for the rights of unborn babies in their mother's womb. it's historic, this is historic and I think churches all over the country should be showing this video uh, in their in their services this morning because it is it is monumental that the President of the United States uh, would come out in person to support the right to life in a mother's, the baby's right to life in its mother's womb. Psalm 139 verse 13 says this, For you formed my inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you, When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they were all written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. And so the scriptures clearly tell us that life begins at conception in the womb. And, and so to, to take a baby's life in the womb is murder. And it's, 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 it's the worst sort of murder. To kill a baby that has not even seen the light of day yet, to, to, to take that, uh, womb, that place of, of nurturing and health and life, and to murder a baby in its mother's womb is really, it's an abomination. And it's certainly an abomination to God. Now, Politics and party affiliation aside, I think one issue that we all should be able to agree on, especially as the Church of Jesus Christ Christians, is that God is the one who creates life. And Jesus, Jesus, listen to this, guys. Jesus would never agree with killing a baby in its mother's womb. Jesus would never agree to this. So for someone to call themselves a Christian... And then to vote for pro-abortion candidates whose platform, their, uh, campaign is, I am for abortion. I believe the mother should have the choice to kill the baby in the womb. I don't see how any Christian, born again Christian, in good conscience, could look at the word of God, listen to the Holy Spirit, and then go vote for a political candidate who murders babies in the womb. I just don't, to me, it's inconceivable. Inconceivable. Jesus would never want us to kill an innocent baby in his or her mother's womb. This is a historic event, which we're about to see here. This is the first time in history that a United States president has ever attended and spoken in person at the annual March for Life in Washington, D.C. Um, You know, people say, well, you know, what if what about rape or incest? Shouldn't we allow the mother to abort the baby? In the case of, of rape or incest, but here's the thing: How can we say that it is better uh, for a baby to be aborted in the womb due to rape or incest? How can we say that's better for the baby rather than letting the baby be born into the world? Isn't that a isn't that a ridiculous argument to say? You know, if it was rape or incest, or the the mother, you know, she's a unwed teenage mother, 15, 16-year-old girl, it's better for the baby if we just murder the baby in the womb. How could that be better for the baby? Even if the baby's born to an unwed single mother, even if the baby is put into foster care, even if the baby is adopted out to another family, not the biological parents, wouldn't all of those... Even if the baby is born and lives in dire poverty, isn't life better than death? How could we say it's better to murder the baby in in the mother's womb? Uh, How can we say it's less traumatic for a 16-year-old unwed mother to murder her baby? How can we say that is a better choice to to communicate to our young people and say, well, you're 15, you're 16, you're too young to know what you're doing, you're too young to have a baby, so let's encourage you to murder the baby through abortion. And that's better for the 16-year-old girl to make a decision to murder a baby within her own womb. Uh, How can we say that's better than for her to carry the baby for nine months, have the baby and hand the baby off to a family that will love and cherish that child. You see, it's just irrational. And the Christian church should be united on this issue. As a matter of fact, all human beings should be united on this issue. We should never support candidates, political candidates or parties of candidates. That's platform is abortion on demand, abortion at all. We should be protecting the lives and the rights of the children. In Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 20, we read this. This is God's perspective. He says, "...the soul who sins shall die. The son shall not bear the guilt of the father, nor the father bear the guilt of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself." What is God saying? He's saying, I'm not going to punish the child for the sins of the parent. That's what abortion does. The victim is the baby. Not the 16-year-old girl who got pregnant. Now, maybe the 16-year-old girl who got pregnant, if it was rape or incest, she is the victim. But if she murders her baby, she's no longer the victim. The baby's the victim. And the baby should not suffer for the wicked sins of the parents. In God's eyes, that is not uh, okay. I want to read quickly an article. And this is an edited down version of this article about what we're about to watch here. This is uh, from the Washington Post, certainly not a conservative newspaper. Uh, January 24, 2020, we read this. President Trump on Friday became the first president to attend the March for Life event in Washington, expressing solidarity with tens of thousands of conservative and evangelical voters that his campaign considers a core constituency for his reelection bid. The appearance also followed a threat Friday from the Trump administration to withhold federal funding from California over its requirement, that private insurers cover abortions. Quote, unborn children have never had a stronger defender in the White House, Trump said. Trump's decision to attend the rally in its 47th year was the culmination of a remarkable shift by a president who had called himself very pro-choice In a television interview two decades ago and who entered office amid some reservations among anti-abortion, a.k.a. pro-life activists, the president highlighted a list of actions he has taken over the past three years, including a ban on non-governmental organizations from using federal money to offer abortion services abroad that have earned him praise from movement leaders who said he has done more than his Republican Predecessors, quote. It's really been remarkable. He's leaned into this than more than any other pro-life president. Unquote. Said Gian Mancini, M- Mancini, the president of March for Life. Jenna Ellis, a legal advisor for the Trump campaign, wrote on Twitter that Trump was quote standing firm on a moral truth to save the lives of millions. Unquote. His administration announced new measures last week to protect the rights of students to pray in public schools. On Friday, the administration's Office for Civil Rights said California was violating federal conscience protections with its abortion insurance requirements. In past years, Trump had addressed the March for Life through video messages, and Vice President Pence made a a surprise appearance at the mall last year. Tim Murtaugh, the Trump campaign spokesperson, said that the president's decision to embrace the march reflects an understanding that, quote, for a lot of voters, opposing abortion is their number one issue, unquote. Guess what, guys? I've worked in politics. I've worked for politicians. And this is the most important issue for me when I vote. I will never, ever Ever cast a vote for a pro abortion politician ever. If all of them are pro abortion, I won't vote for any of them. And if one of them votes uh, is, is against abortion or is pro life, uh, I will vote for that candidate regardless of the political party. There are Democrats that were at this event from the deep South who are pro life. So it's not about a party affiliation. He finishes saying this, he says, Murtaugh said that the issue cuts across dem- uh, demographic lines and appeals to African Americans and Latinos as well as Catholics who support the president because of this issue. So we, it, it, whatever your thoughts are about President Trump and, and you know, he's, he's kind of someone that people either love or hate, regardless of, of your perspective or your opinion of President Trump, We should all as Christians in the church applaud a president who's willing to do what you're about to see him do. So, Scotty, let's see if we can run this video.
2: Well, thank you very much and thank you, Jeannie. It is my profound honor to be the first president in history to attend the March for Life. We're here for a very simple reason, to defend the right of every child, born and unborn, to fulfill their God-given potential. For 47 years, Americans of all backgrounds have traveled from across the country to stand for life. And today, as President of the United States, I am truly proud to stand with you. I want to welcome tens of thousands, this is a tremendous turnout, tens of thousands of high school and college students who took long bus rides to be here in our nation's capital. And to make you feel even better, there are tens of thousands of people outside that we passed on the way in. If anybody would like to give up their spot, we can work that out. You have a tremendous group of people outside, thousands and thousands, wanted to get here. This is some great success. (laughs) Young people are the heart of the March for Life. And it's your generation that is making America the pro-family, pro-life nation. (laughs) The life movement is led by strong women, amazing faith leaders and brave students who carry on the legacy of pioneers before us who fought to raise the conscience of our nation and uphold the rights of our citizens you embrace mothers with care and compassion you are powered by prayer and motivated by pure unselfish love you're grateful and we are so grateful these are incredible people to be joined by Secretary Alex Azar and Kellyanne Conway. Thank you. you. And thanks also to Senators Mike Lee and James Lankford, who are here. James, Mike. Thank you, fellas. And Representatives Steve Scalise. Chris Smith, Ralph Abraham, Warren Davidson, Bob Latta, John Joyce, Lloyd Smucker, Brian Fitzpatrick, and Brad Winstrup. Thank you all. And I have to say, and I look at it, and I see it exactly, we have many, many more politicians in the audience, but if you don't mind, I won't introduce them all. All of us here today understand an eternal truth. Every child is a precious and sacred gift from God. Together, we must protect, cherish, and defend the dignity and the sanctity of every human life. When we see the image of a baby in the womb, we glimpse the majesty of God's creation. When we hold a newborn in our arms, we know the endless love that each child brings to a family. When we watch a child grow, we see the splendor that radiates from each human soul. One life changes the world from my family, and I can tell you I send love, and I send great, great love, And from the first day in office, I've taken a historic action to support America's families and to protect the unborn. And during my first week in office, I reinstated and expanded the Mexico City policy, and we issued a landmark pro-life rule to govern the use of Title X taxpayer funding. I notified Congress that I would veto any legislation that weakens pro-life policies or that encourages the destruction of human life. (laughs) At the United Nations, I made clear that global bureaucrats have no business attacking the sovereignty of nations that protect innocent life unborn children have never had a stronger defender in the white house and as the bible tells us each person is wonderfully made we have taken decisive action to protect the religious liberty so important religious liberty has been under attack all over the world and, frankly, very strongly attacked in our nation. You see it better than anyone, but we are stopping it. And we're taking care of doctors, nurses, teachers, and groups like the Little Sisters of the Poor. We are preserving faith-based adoption. And to uphold our founding documents, we have confirmed 187 federal judges who applied the Constitution as written, including two phenomenal Supreme Court Justices, Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh. We are protecting pro-life students' right to free speech on college campuses. And if universities want federal taxpayer dollars, then they must uphold your First Amendment right to speak your mind, and if they don't, they pay a very big financial penalty, which they will not be Sadly, the far left is actively working to erase our God-given rights, shut down faith-based charities, ban religious believers from the public square, and silence Americans who believe in the sanctity of life. They are coming after me because I am fighting for you, and we are fighting for those who have no voice. And we will win because we know how to win. We all know how to win. We all know how to win. You've been winning for a long time. You've been winning for a long time. Together, we are the voice for the voiceless. When it comes to abortion, Democrats, and you know this, you've seen what's happened, Democrats have embraced the most radical and extreme positions taken and seen in this country for years and decades, and you could even say for centuries, Nearly every top Democrat in Congress now supports taxpayer-funded abortion all the way up until the moment of birth. (laughs) Last year, lawmakers in New York cheered with delight upon the passage of legislation that would allow a baby to be ripped from the mother's womb right up until delivery. (laughs) Then we had the case of the democrat governor in the state of virginia the commonwealth of virginia and we love the commonwealth of virginia but what is going on in virginia what is going on the governor stated that he would execute a baby after birth you remember that senate democrats even blocked legislation that would give medical care to babies who survive attempted abortions. And that's why I've called on Congress, two of our great senators here, so many of our congressmen here, and called upon them to defend the dignity of life and to pass legislation prohibiting late-term abortion of children who can feel pain in their mother's womb. This year, the March for Life is celebrating the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, which forever enshrined women's rights to vote in the United States and given by the United States Constitution. Such a big event. Today, millions of extraordinary women across America are using the power of their votes to fight for the right and all of their rights, as given in the Declaration of Independence. It's the right to life. To all the women here today, your devotion and your leadership uplifts our entire nation, and we thank you for that. The tens of thousands of Americans gathered today not only stand for life, it's really here that they stand for it so proudly together. And I want to thank everybody for that. You stand for life each and every day. You provide housing, education, jobs, and medical care to the women that you serve. You find loving families for children in need of a forever home. You host baby showers for expecting moms. You make, you just make it your life's mission to help spread God's grace. And to all of the moms here today, we celebrate you. And we declare that mothers are heroes. Your strength, devotion, and drive is what powers our nation. And because of you, our country has been blessed with amazing souls who have changed the course of human history. We cannot know what our citizens, yet unborn, will achieve, the dreams they will imagine, the masterpieces they will create, the discoveries they will make. But we know this. Every life brings love into this world. Every child brings joy to a family. Every person is worth protecting. And above all, we know That every human soul is divine, and every human life, born and unborn, is made in the holy image of Almighty God. Together, we will defend this truth all across our magnificent land. We will set free the dreams of our people. And with determined hope, we look forward to all of the blessings that will come from the beauty, talent, purpose, nobility, and grace of every American child. I want to thank you. This is a very special moment. It's so great to represent you. I love you all. And and I say with True passion. Thank you. God bless you and God bless America. Thank you all. Thank you.
1: For those who have been fighting to overturn Roe versus Wade, this is unbelievable to have a president come out like this. And he is appointing more judges to the federal bench than any president in history at this point in his tenure. He's appointed more judges than any. President in history and the judges that he's appointing are conservative. A lot of them are Christian or Catholic judges who are against abortion. And there's a very real possibility because of this president, whatever you think of him, there's a very real possibility that Roe versus Wade will be overturned because of President Trump's judicial appointments to the Supreme Court. That's huge guys. It's huge so i want to encourage you to vote for candidates number one i want to encourage you to vote your vote matters your vote counts even in california your vote counts uh if we you know if we got 51% of uh the christians uh, uh or 51% of the californians to vote uh we will change the government in sacramento who will change the laws of our state it's never too late to put new people into office so i want to encourage you to register to vote encourage you to make sure that you you do vote and that you never vote for a pro-abortion candidate. If there's two people running for office, they're both pro-abortion. I would not vote for either one of them. If there's two candidates, they're both against abortion. Well, then look at the other issues that they stand for as well. And have your Bible there and try and find the most uh, biblically uh, accurate. The one that Jesus uh, would endorse, that Jesus would support. Uh, and I would say never vote for a politician who is pro-death or pro-abortion. Every child deserves the right to live, to life, as President Trump said, uh, versus being murdered in its mother's womb. And this is enshrined, guys. This is enshrined in our founding document of our country in the U.S. Declaration of Independence, quote, we hold these truths to be sacred and undeniable that all men are created equal and independent that from that equal creation, they derive rights inherent and inalienable among which are the preservation of life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. These children have a right to life. They have a right to life endowed and enshrined in our constitution, endowed by their creator. And so the church needs to wake up. The church needs to get involved in this process. Christians need to vote. And, uh, and we need to pray that God would continue, uh, to raise up leaders in our country who are going to fight for the lives and the rights of the unborn. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for uh, this monumental <clears throat> speech by our president. We thank you, Lord, that he is uh, working to appoint judges who are conservative, who are Christians, who are Catholics, who are pro-life, and who are anti-abortion. Lord, we ask that you would continue to raise up leaders all around our country, especially here in the state of California, who are going to fight for the rights of the unborn children. Lord, thank You for our time this morning. It's a special day. We thank You for our special guests here today. And we ask Your blessing upon our service today. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. I've never shown a a, a video of a politician before on a Sunday morning, and I certainly... Uh, uh, have have not shown a 15-minute video of anything here on a Sunday morning, but I, I thought that was very significant and important uh, for, for the body of Christ uh, in this country.
0: We all want to thank you for listening. If this message has blessed you, as we all pray that it has, send the link to this podcast to your friends working together, we can get Michael's teaching of the whole of God's inerrant word to all those who hunger to hear it. If you would like to see this ministry expand to reach even more of the broken and lost, if you have questions, comments, and prayer requests, email us at podcast at gmail.com. We would be honored to pray for you as we hope you are praying for us. Good day and God bless from City on a Hill Church to Hatchipe, California.